Hello. Welcome to Salem the Podcast. We are your hosts and favorite Salem tour guides. My name is Sarah Black. And I'm Jeffrey Lilly. And today we are jumping back to 1692 and covering yet another victim of the Salem witch trials, Wilmot Red. I'm saying that right, right? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to okay, bring this. I was going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do the same thing. I think it's Reed. Oh my God, I wasn't even talking about the last name. I was oh. talking about her first name. Oh no, Wilmot's right. Wilmot. Okay, yeah. I was I was nervous about this one because yeah. my mouth wants to put like an N before the T. Wil, Wilmot. But it's Wilmot. Wilmot. Yeah, yeah w- it's, it's Wilmot. W-I-L-M-O-T. Yeah. And I, Red or Reed. I say Red. I, I was saying Red and I was looking at some stuff online and I saw just an article that had Red or sorry, read in parentheses. I've heard that it's been said both ways. Okay. Yeah. But but Corwin, Kerwin, Kerwin, yeah. who knows? Hawthorne, Hathorne, yeah, that one's a yeah. stickler as well. So, uh, R-E-D-D. So we are going to go with Wilmot Red. Okay, sure. Okay. Are we in agreement? Okay. Cool. <laughs> but before that, Sarah, how was your weekend last week? Oh my gosh. We went to the Vampire Ball. And it- Salon. And salon. Oh. It was it was a long weekend. It. I, I bet you could go back to whatever episode it was last year because yeah, yeah. I said the same thing. It blew me away. It was the craziest was, party I've ever been to. But this year was even better than last year. Uh, it was wild, and we were done. I think it ends at like one in the morning, right? Yes. And then started at seven. Yeah, we were gallivanting till like two or three. Three. Yeah. Three. Um, I didn't go to sleep till four. It, I haven't done, I don't even know when the last, t- last time that was. I could have kept going. Oh yeah. Like I, it was over and, and there was acts that I missed. There was, there was, I saw on like the, the Instagrams, and the there was people there who I knew who I didn't even see. Not once. And I'm like, hey, so I like messaged them later. I'm like, oh my God, you were at the ball? Like, yeah, <laughs> you were at the ball. And I was like, of course yeah. I was at the ball. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it was it was insane. And the entertainment, the people that Ben and Lex Vamp Fangs brought in, oh, that magician. You described him, or shock illusionist, as yeah. I should say. Yeah. Dan Sperry. Yep. He, I, I had to look away a couple of times. I'm like getting <laughs> no, squeamish. Like, ah. You were making that like face you make. It was great. Oh. Yeah. He was, and so, you know, I'm a big fan of magicians. Uh, lots of friends who are magicians. And one of the things that I love is that I'm like, I know what you're doing and I just don't know how you're doing. Sometimes I know, like sometimes I've seen enough that I'm like, okay, I got you. Uh Um, There was some stuff in there though. And I was like, and I knew what he was doing. I knew what he was going to do. I knew how the trick was going to end. And I was, and it still blew me away. Oh, I, and, the, and the doves. I love the doves. Yeah. Dude came out with like eight doves stuffed in who knows where. And I, I have seen that trick before. Uh, the difference between like a like a rank amateur. And I, no offense to, not that that person at all listened, but like the person who I saw did it. I was like, oh. And then I saw, I could see how they were doing it like mm-hmm. on the stage. And I was like, okay, that's cool, but I get it. He was just, flawless his performance the outfit the the makeup i, I think the I persona his facial expressions the yes. most yes because he, he it was non-verbal but he'd like look at us look at him like and he's just making these expressions and he was communicating so much oh uh, it was brilliant yeah i 
once again missed out on the absinthe bar again. Ugh. I don't know why. I feel like such a didn't we were upstairs and I was like the absinthe bar is over there. I know. And then I, just, I missed out on the dessert bar. I didn't have a single cookie. Ugh. I I did say at the end. I wish this thing would go for twelve hours. Yeah. Maybe one day. I don't. I need like twelve days to recover. <laughs> uh, especially with the salon the night before, mm-hmm. and then uh, I decided to to. Uh, go to Disney for three days. Ah, yes. How was your Disney trip, Jeffrey? So much fun. And for a special time at Disney, right? Yeah. So we went down. So it's uh, the Food and Wine Festival, which Yum. is, I think, August to November or something. So we trod around Epcot. And we had some drinks. And we had some food. Also, it was like 95 degrees. I don't think it was 95 degrees here all summer. <laughs> we had a relatively cool summer. And like I was, I hit that like mainland Florida summer heat, and uh, did it hit you over the head? Oh my god, <laughs> I was already exhausted, and then that heat was just like crippling. But then we went to the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party, and it was so much fun. Uh, Monday night it poured rain. We got caught in downtown Disney, waiting in line for these cookies, like fatties, but uh huh, way better. Um, and we, I'm like soaking wet. I'm like splashing in puddles. It was great. But then Tuesday night at Mickey's Not So Scary, they have a parade, they have a stage show, and uh, a fireworks special. The fireworks special only happens once a night. The parade and the stage show happen a couple times. Mm -hmm. And if you watch some of these, like, Disney bloggers, they say, uh, try to get some of it out of the way in the beginning in case it rains. Ah, Because then it's going to be canceled. But then some of the other ones are, don't go to the first ones because that's when all the kids are still there. So the fireworks was at 10.15, and after that, everyone with, like, little kids cleared out because they'd seen the first parade and the first stage show. Mm -hmm. We had not, and then it threatened to rain. And we see the first 10 minutes of the stage show, and they call it. No. But then it doesn't rain, so we end up getting to see the full stage show again. They brought it back on. Yeah. Nice. The stage show is a Sanderson Sisters stage show. I saw a couple of your uh, Instagram stories. Ugh, it me, looked like so much fun. Let me tell you, I, I I looked at the capacity for the the, the, the tickets for the events, about 30,000 people. Oh my God. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I can't say for certain. I don't think anyone enjoyed that as, as much as we did. Aw. Like, it, watching the Sanderson Sisters on the stage of the Disney castle surrounded by uh, Hades and Maleficent and Oogie Boogie and all the Disney villains singing. I put a spell on you. Was the- it, was it a moment? Good. Like, did, did you cry? Not quite, but it was almost, almost. It Ugh. was so much fun. And I'm just like, I'm from Salem. And I'm like, the, the Sanderson sisters are from, I was like, Bette Midler did that. She didn't. Obviously. She didn't do that, Jeffrey. I know. I say that every day on tour, but from the perception of the movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the experience of the movie. The connection Hocus Pocus has to Salem. Yeah. It made you feel more connected to the stage show. Oh, absolutely. And the moment. Yeah. yeah. And just the experience of being around 30,000 people that are as excited to be there as you. 
It's so, just got to be such a, a, it's that group happiness feeling. It's like what they're describing about the uh, Taylor Swift shows. Yeah. And everyone's in, not everyone, but lots of costumes. Nice. I, I, I got dressed up. I saw. Yep. You didn't, I, you didn't wear the beard though. No, I didn't wear a beard. I have a beard. It was too hot. It was so hot. But no, I went as uh, Merlin on vacation from Sword in the Stone. It's great. Um, I saw I saw another dude Did as Merlin. Did anybody recognize you without like, the beard? Like five cast members recognized me. What? That probably made that that made you feel good, didn't and, it? And one other <laughs> dude was dressed as Merlin yes. that I saw. We were waiting in line for Pirates of the Caribbean, and like I saw him, and he saw me, and we're like. That's really good. Wait, was he dressed in in vacation Merlin? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. Not or regular quite. Merlin. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see it. That would have been good if I'd seen a regular Merlin. But it was it was great. It was it was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. This so, is uh, uh, you. Sorry, this is such a random side uh, turn here. But you saying that you ran into like your essentially your doppelganger in costume form. Yeah. I remember last October I was crossing the street at North Street and Essex and there just happened to be two Toy Story Woodies on either side of the street. And so <laughs> Did they draw on each other? Yes. Oh my- <laughs> so like but and, and I got to like everyone got to watch the moment where they realize, you know, they look each other up and down, they're like aha uh-huh. and they kind of square <laughs> off they both put their hands on their pistols and they start shouting lines from the movie and it's just great oh oh october yep. in salem yeah so october it, in disney it's, it's like basically that. yeah and it was there was trick or tr- trick or treating uh costumed characters uh, i was it was a lot of fun so definitely recommend uh that to anyone if you if you can do it um it was it was a really good time and you made it out alive. Barely, but yes. Yeah. And then straight back to work with for some for some tour times. Ah, uh, yes, tour time. I don't have too much crazy stuff from this past week. Oh. I've been so, so busy. I've got I've got a few. I did meet one of uh we can just start start calling them mutual friends. Um Mike, the one that you thought was shouting at him yeah oh did they come on your tour no i ran into him just on the street oh yeah so uh (laughs) if you remember a couple episodes ago jeffrey was giving a tour and he saw this gaggle of men coming towards the tour and one of them shouted something about you know what's in the briefcase and to you you thought they were just messing with you and um after seeing them not to stereotype guys or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no, they were great. They were yeah, great. Super, yeah. super nice. I was leading a tour. We were about to stop somewhere. And, uh, at first I thought it was an ex-boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> and then they said my name and I was like, shit, we're really doing this here. Aren't we? <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute. No, I did a double take. And I was like, no, I don't know you. Who are you? Yeah, <laughs> you must yeah. be a podcast listener. And he, he's like, yeah, I'm the one that yelled at Jeffrey. So it was great. He's like, thanks for the shout out. He heard, he's like, I was just listening to you this morning. I love that. So that was pretty cool. I've had a bunch of listeners. Same. I went through the amount of uh, nudes I've gone through oh in my the gosh. past like two or three days. Love it. it it's been a lot. Uh, I got asked both my tours today, one of my tours yesterday. Um, one of my tours today, uh, the gentleman, I don't know if I should just blatantly call him out. Uh, do you remember last year, the guy from Canada? Uh, oh, the, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Came back down with some of his friends. Yeah. And his girlfriend. 
Sure. And and had her ask what was in the brief. Oh my gosh, that's great. She, Love that. She she was not too pleased. She didn't know. Oh. She didn't know. Oh, that's great. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Um, had oh. uh, three listeners this afternoon with all with podcast shirts on. Oh. Um, Someone showed up with, they were the first people to check in. And I looked down because I, you know, you never know if they're actually looking for the tour or if oh, they're just right, standing right, right. around. I looked down though. And on her water bottle, she had a podcast sticker. And I was like, I think I know what you're here for. Yeah. It's been fun. And then I also had a group tonight who took your tour earlier today. Which ones? Uh, just a group of three women. Nothing. They weren't listeners, but they'd they had both booked your tour and then my tour, coincidentally. Oh no way! So they'd heard about the podcast. Oh my gosh! This afternoon, and then came and took my tour, and they saw the three women with the podcast shirts on. Oh my! And they goodness. were like, "I think we have the other podcast." Oh person. my god! That's amazing. Yeah. I had another listener, uh, from uh up in Quebec. And she speaks French and she listens to the podcast all the time and translates for her friend and her kids. But That's her incredible. kids are always like, oh, you listening to the Jeffrey and the Sarah again? Because ah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they don't speak very good English. Um, I had uh, another podcast listener who's also a tour guide uh, somewhere else. Uh-huh. And she's like, I love tour time because... Aww. All that shit. Well, happens. hey, I'm actually really glad to hear that because we never know if you guys will enjoy <laughs> it or not. We just give it so, to you anyway. Yeah, it's been it's been like, and I, I don't know what happened like in the past. I think it's people planning their trips and coming here in September, yeah, like late yeah. September. I feel like they're the ones that have done a lot of research. And yeah, it's the same for me. I've met a ton of people this week. Actually, I just, you jogged my memory. I had a very fun experience. It's not tour time related, but it is podcast related. So shout out to our friend, Sam. Um, She hosted a class at Modern Magic Academy downtown this week. The the Um, mother, or sorry. uh, She's doing a triple goddess uh, series. Mother, no, sorry, Maiden Mother Crone. Sorry, I was missing one. Yeah. yeah. So the last one's Crone's left, right? Yeah. So in October, Yeah. Um, it's the second or third Thursday of October. Only a couple spots left, but I took the mother one and um, it was very much about like creativity and mm-hmm. giving birth to like ideas. It was a lecture followed by a circle where we put together these little uh, spell jars and did a guided meditation. So we were all together for about an hour, 15 minutes or so. And after the guided meditation, we all sat up, we're all looking at each other. And she goes around and asks like what people experienced, if you saw anything in particular, if you felt anything. So at that point we had all talked and everyone knew each other's names. One of the girls across goes, Sarah, I listened to the podcast. (gasps) There was only three people in that room I didn't know. And she was one of them. So shout out to Jackie who just moved here from... Long Island a couple uh-huh. months back and uh, I guess she's been listening for about a year if I recall so and she's going to be working at the new haunt at Blackcraft oh. she got a job as one of the scare actors Ooh, that's a tough job we haunt- got we got to go in haunting is yeah Oof, hope they open depends <laughs> we'll see um I think we should wrap up tour time though okay that's it that's all that's I got it. that's all yeah. we got did you want uh oh I did want to plug something real quick love all of you if you're listening and you're coming in October, uh, and you've got a tour scheduled with Sarah or myself. Or even me right now. Yeah. And you want to be on our tour. Like, get us as your guide. Right. Hit us up. 
uh, feel you, you can reach out via the podcast or via the Instagram. You can send us an email or you can message either one of our companies directly to find out if that tour that you are on is one of us. And if it isn't, we'll happily move you. We'll make sure you get one of us uh, and we'll take care of that for you guys. Just give us a heads up and let us know uh, sooner rather than later. Yes. When we can't move you. Yes. Yeah. All right. Shall we dive back in to 1692? Sure. Miss Wilmot Red. For another sad tale. Yeah. Of false accusation and death. So she's a, a interesting in, in a few aspects, but one of which is there's not a lot about her. I was going to say, she's probably the... If not the most, one of the most elusive characters we've covered up until this point. I, I think she's probably the most elusive, yeah. And uh, very, very little is known, especially about her early life. Yeah. Like, we don't know where she was born, um, nor her exact age when yep. she was born. But it's estimated that she's probably in her 50s at the time of the trials. So, I think that comes from, there's the idea that she's born in Marblehead. There's a possibility. Right. We don't even know. But Marblehead's found in 1635, uh, which would have made her 57 ah. if, if she was born in 1635, right? So, again, I think that's where that comes from, mm -hmm. is that if, if people are sort of of the consensus that she's from Marblehead, then she can't be older than 57. I, that's, that's an interesting... I don't know if I would 100%... No, I, I don't. Okay. I just, okay. I was sort of putting some pieces together. Yeah, that's a possibility. Of, yeah. If she is from Marblehead, she can't be older than 57. I saw somewhere that she was referred to or reportedly called uh, Mammy Red. Yeah. So usually that's ascribed to an older individual. But also 57 age. isn't that old. I mean, it, it is. But, you know, when you're dealing with Giles Corey, Rebecca Nurse, who are in their 70s and 80s, you know, they got a full 20 no, but years on her. As a woman in the Puritan world, she's beyond mm. her childbearing years. True. She's old True. in their eyes. Yeah. She, and remember the generations, like she, at that point, she would have grandchildren. Although I don't think we know if she even had a family, it, like it doesn't other seem, than her husband. Yeah. It just lists uh, her fisherman husband. Samuel. Yeah. Samuel Red. So it's the little, little mystery. But we do know she lived in Marblehead. Yes. We know she had a husband uh, who was a fisherman. They lived right by the old Burial Hill Cemetery, yes. which we uh, just went to recently. I encourage anyone, if you got the uh, time and you're able to get there, go check out that cemetery. It's got some of the most incredible headstone, uh, gravestone art I think I've ever seen in this area. And you will also see a marker for her and... Red's Pond because they used to live right there. Yeah, so it's at the sort of bottom of the hill. There's a little pond. I think there were people fishing there when we went. Yeah, a lot of stuff goes on. Like it's a big, I was reading online, it's a pretty big community uh, landmark, I mm -hmm. guess you could call it, feature. So they would have had their house at the foot of the hill next to the pond. There is a stone there as a memorial. So it's not a I mean, I guess, is, is it a headstone? So I was wondering this. Um, I was thinking about this. Obviously, we've mentioned before that there are two people that we know, the yeah, location yeah. of George Jacobs and uh, Rebecca Nurse. Right. 
there's speculation that some of the other folks after the executions at Proctor's Ledge were retrieved by their families, buried in secret, under the cover of darkness, as they always say. She's very, like her family, and whether it is just Samuel, maybe she had more, maybe she had some friends, although we'll talk about her relationships with people in town in a second. Um, I think there's a good chance that maybe someone did go retrieve her body because Marblehead is pretty close compared to some of the other communities. Possible? Possible. So I think... I'm going to pull up a map right now. No. Um, so I think when, when, the, when the things with Rebecca Nurse, and correct me if I'm wrong, they sailed up the river. So they didn't have to go in the ocean. Right. To do that, they just went up the North River and, and where the North River was. Correct. And they could have skirted it all the way around back to Danvers. Because it used to run alongside the backside of the nurse property. Right. So it would have been a very quick operation. The They would have been on the far side of Salem Harbor. You would have had to get out of Salem Harbor, around Winter Island, down the North River. What if you went by foot, though? That's, that's, and I don't think anyone was going by foot. And you're transporting a body at night by foot. That's one horse. Eh, that's sketchy. I don't know. Uh, would you do it for your loved one? That's that's sketchy. I think you would. I think you would. In sixteen, I don't know. I think you would. Well, then you can make the argument that everyone should have. Actually, I'm gonna f- hold on. Pause. I'm map questing how far it is from Red's Pond to Proctor's Ledge, and I know these roads didn't exist back then. I'm go. I'm going with four and a half miles. Do you say map quest? Yeah. <laughs> Is that weird? I mean, what am you supposed to say? I don't know. Maps. Google Mapsing it. No. See, that doesn't make sense. I'm going to say map quest. I don't care if it exists anymore. <laughs> it still exists, right? I don't think so. Oh. Hmm. Well, by car, it's. 5.7 miles, oh. but it's also, that's not how the crow flies. Well, I mean, also they couldn't fly. So well, they were scratch- witches. They could on the <laughs> You're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but it is a very roundabout way. I'm not sure. I really don't know. I don't know. Part of me, part of me wants to believe it, but then again, who knows? We will literally never know. So that's true. It's just comparatively like where she is location wise. I don't think it would be too much of a stretch. It's not like someone from Andover, you know? Sure, but also there were plenty of people from Salem Village and Salem Town. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So anyway, Wilmot Red. What do you think? Do you think her um, reputation? Is what did her in? Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. She um she was not well liked by her neighbors. Sounds like by anyone. This seems to be one of those cases where she just rubbed people the wrong way mm-hmm. for whatever reason and uh, was often the subject of gossip. Maybe she was just a little odd. Maybe she was a little eccentric. Sure. Maybe she just uh, misdated all of her. Oh, my God. I knew you were going to try to pull. I, I was like, I saw <laughs> the f- facial expression and I was like, he's trying to slip this in in a clever way. <laughs> She supposedly could make milk curdle mm-hmm. and butter moldy. Into into a, a bristle of blue mold. Mm. Um, yeah. hey, blue cheese, that's the thing. People, I don't, I don't like the moldy cheese. I don't think cheese. that's what Wilmot Red was serving up. No. But, so, you know, I always try and f- 
sort of figure out what's going on here. And when you have multiple, maybe she just was absent-minded and would like sell the wrong. Oh, you know, if you, if you make five things and they're like, oh, did I make this? Oh, I just made that yesterday. Forgetting or not caring that you'd actually made it three days ago. And then as soon as that person gets it, spoils the next day. Right. Not, of course, the fact that she's selling spoiled cheese and, you know, trying to kill people. Um, That's dramatic. It's not going to kill them. I mean, you know, it's going to be annoying if you buy. It's like when you go to the farmer's market. Have you ever bought the bread at the farmer's market? Yes. You got to eat that stuff in like. Immediately. Like like two days. It's fresh. Yeah. Or it's going to mold. But then, so, and because, you know, 80% of the bread I buy has like loads of preservatives in it, then I get that bread and I forget about it for two days and I go to make a sandwich. I'm like, God damn it. You know what you should do, Jeffrey? You should grab the moldy bread. Bring it back to the next week's farmer's market. And complain and call him a witch. Exactly. Be That's like, you bewitched my bread. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I should do that. <laughs> I think we should bring it back. <laughs> be like, you sold me moldy bread. You think so there's may- ergot on here? See, it might be as simple as that. Someone just being like, you know, I didn't use this quick enough. Like it got moldy and I didn't really like her attitude when she sold it to me. Yeah. So who knows? Who yeah. knows? And who knows if she's even selling this stuff to them. You know, I don't even, I don't think she was. I think this might have been just, you know, I had an argument with Goody Red and my cheese went bad the Well, next there's day. also that, like, that I feel like as well, yeah. That's usually how it is. Like something bad happens in their lives or inconvenient even, and they look at whatever happened that they could possibly use to explain it. Can you imagine? I've never, I don't think I've ever had an argument in my life. Like- where it's like, oh, they hexed me after. <laughs> like, man, I, I got into a car accident that day. That must have been because <laughs> of that son of a... You're like, no, who? Yeah. Like, how? I mean, I get these people's lives sucked, right? And they didn't have the same methods of, like, logic and understanding that we do today. But I can't even remember an argument that I, that I would have then felt so angry about something... And it's like, so your cheese spoils and you're like, but, but also, God, I hate these people so much. (laughs) It's not like cheese was perfect or, or or your your milk was perfect for weeks on end. That stuff only lasts a few days. Right. We all know that it gets moldy. You all know that it all gets moldy. Right. It's not a random thing. But now all of a sudden, because... Because the, the, the 50-year-old woman rubbed you. The, how, how fragile are you? And all it takes is someone to say it, someone to whisper it, and start that ring of gossip. Do we, you, we know. Do you think it's because you pissed off Mammy Red? Yeah. Like, shut up. Ser- no, but like we know how bland their lives were. These people <sighs> love to gossip. They love to judge, especially in that Puritan world. Yeah, yeah. Guys needed some entertainment, a book or a netflix or something would have probably done them some good probably they didn't think it was the devil Mm -hmm. so her name was first mentioned among the accused on may 26th 1692 so may 26th let's get a quick reminder of what's going on at that point in the trials Uh, Some folks have already been sitting in jail for nearly two months. Remember, we have our first questioning with Tichaba, Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne on March 1st. Uh, We had just talked about John Willard in our last victims episode. At that point, he was um, he had just been apprehended about a week before. 
So his story is basically playing out at the same time that Wilmot Red's story is playing out. This is one day uh, before the formation of the court. Ah, Jeffrey, you read my mind. Uh, (laughs) Under that, I I have, when does Phipps arrive with a new charter? So I I was looking to you to remind me of that date. May 14th. There we go. And then he forms the court on May 27th. And she is accused on May 26th. Although I shouldn't say accused, um, just her name is brought up by the girls. Any, Any idea? Which girls? Oh, gee, might be. I don't know. Could it? Could it be Abigail Williams? Oh, no way. Mary Walcott. Do you suppose that Miss Putnam is in there as well? Of course. Oh, shocking. Of oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> Morbid's recent episode is about half hanged Mary, and which I think like someday we should venture into okay. other witch trial stuff. But she's the Boston. I think if I recall correctly, it w- yeah, it was the Boston one. She, I'm not going to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. Okay. But in the episode, they keep making reference to the Salem trials because they've talked about the Salem trials various times. They love Salem. They live in the area. And uh, Ash was like, can we just make a t-shirt that says fuck Ann Putnam Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that is so great. That can, is so great. Can we make it first? <laughs> Oh, morbid. Can we... Can we... We can make it. Thanks, morbid. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like that... No, that's intellectual property. Now that they've said it online, or on the air, you can't take it. Yeah, I think you... I don't think you can. I think you can. I don't know if you can. I think it's it's like a a patent, right? Like, who who gets the, the, the punch first, right? Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah, we have your, your usual suspects of accusers. And, of course, we're, we're uh, three months into the accusations at this point. So uh, their accusations are getting more condensed and more similar. Remember, we, we've talked about uh, Ann Putnam and uh, those... Mercy Lewis. Warrants that, that were coming out and how they were all saying the exact same thing verbatim. Yep. Uh, almost by this point. So we're, we're starting to hit that wave of what's going on. They're hitting their stride. Yeah. They, they know what they're doing. They know the drill. And they are, in my opinion, they're so far into this that you can't pull out. No, no. Like, how do you go back on that? And the adults are fully invested as well. <sighs> it's like a... Those shows with the parents and the kids, like like pageant moms. I was gonna say dance moms, dance moms and <laughs> yeah. stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think uh, Ann Putnam would have been a yep. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix, you're missing out on a great crossover. <laughs> dance moms with Ann Putnam and Ann Putnam Jr. <laughs> oh, someone should make a modern day like crucible or like when's the last time we got a modern day witch trial rendition god you, it would be actually really interesting today to, to frame it in like a social media aspect yeah or like a bullying online aspect i'd be sad and disturbing but hey maybe people will learn something right? from it and just like see how some of these parents got involved and when you see like parents um like a uh, uh, sports games and stuff like Oh yeah. yeah, they're egging their kids on, or they get so they're invested. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that would be actually that'd be really good. Netflix. Yeah, uncomfortable, <laughs> but good. <laughs> but anyway. So the formal complaint against her was issued two days later on May 28th. And I'm going to read real quick the arrest warrant. To the constables of Marblehead, you are in their majesty's names, hereby required to apprehend and bring before us Wilmot Rhett. Oh. See? See? Ah, See? It says read. That's why. Okay. Oh, shoot. (laughs) Okay. Well, we don't know. But that's also Wilmot. Yeah, you're right. It says Will Mott. W-I-L-L-M-U-T. Nothing. Uh, there's no spelling. Yeah, no. Consistencies. So this is Wilmot Reed. The wife of Samuel Reed of Marblehead on Tuesday, next being the 31st day of this instant month of May, about 10 of the clock in the forenoon at the house of Na- Lieutenant Nathaniel Ingersoll's in Salem Village. Who stands charged with having committed sundry acts of witchcraft on the bodies of Mary Walcott and Mercy Lewis and others of Salem Village to their great hurt? So basically, bring her to Salem Village. Um, They were going to do that questioning at Ingersoll's Tavern, which is where, if you guys remember, that's where they originally intended to do the questionings on March 1st, but they had massed such a large crowd she would have that examination on the 31st. I find it weird that we're going all the way back to uh, Ingersoll's and Salem Village when we've sort of moved past that. Right. This is also uh, a big arrest day. I believe uh, Martha Carrier, Elizabeth Howe, John Alden, uh, Mary Toothaker, to name a few. So we're coming up on, again, sort of one of those. It's, it's starting to get bigger. Yeah. It's, yeah. The growth is becoming exponential. Because remember, at this point, it's not just the girls that are pointing fingers. You have a lot of adults that are engaging in the accusations as well. Mm-hmm. So remember, Mar- Martha Carrier, she's from Andover. Yeah. So that means we're, we're starting to dip into that territory also. <sighs> Which I can't wait to do a whole episode on Andover. I'm sorry. An episode on Andover? A couple episodes on <laughs> <Yeah>. Andover. <laughs> okay. Like three or four. So uh, do you want to talk about her examination? Sure thing. Of course, as soon as she enters the uh, the room, the girls start with their fits. Yeah, it's a good example of, of how that, that plays out. Um, and we also see the touch test being used in this situation. So the touch test, have we talked about that before? I don't know if we've really gotten into it. Okay. So the the base idea behind the touch test is that you cannot hurt someone both spectrally and physically at the same time. Or you can't touch someone physically and spectrally at the same time. So if you are spectrally hurting them, you cannot, or when you physically touch them, then that physical touch will supersede the spectral attack and that attack will subside. So as soon as she, in theory, touches them, puts a hand on them, their torments should stop. Yes. Which, you know, if you use your head for just a second here, (laughs) it is very easy (laughs) for anyone to just stop. Like, it's it's very easy to fake this. Right. So, yay, (laughs) touch test. And, of course, it works. 
I think this is also a good example of how the system is starting to run like a well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. Like it's very quick. Her examination is quick. Yeah. There's not a lot of evidence brought forth and, and it's just like, boom, she's sent to jail. It's like, okay. It's also a strange one because there isn't a lot. Mm -hmm. And out of the hundreds of people, some of them, because there's not a lot of evidence, do get found not guilty or do, you know, the the charges get dropped, whatever the case may be. But here, they're like, nope, hurt me, hurt me, brought the book, up, touch test, up, done. And you're like, whoa. It's like, was it just a bad timing, bad day? Like the magistrates were just... In a mood? Yeah. You know? Which also, I feel like maybe given the time, so it's May 31st. Oh, and the court just got yeah put together. So, so the, maybe they're just like, get these people through, and, yeah. then, and then we're about to start the actual court proceedings. That needs our attention. That's more important. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably... So again, poor timing. Like maybe if she was a... Maybe if they pointed the finger earlier on... Like, like three weeks earlier. It wouldn't have stuck. Yeah, and they'd had the examinations, and she would have been like, oh, well, they did it fine. But then, of course, they have the examination in May... June, July, August, four months before the trial. Yeah, she's sitting in jail for a while. Yeah, which is not unusual. But at the same time, I feel like she gets caught up in that end of May fervor and then sort of falls by the wayside for a while. And gets lumped in with the the last mass execution. Yeah. Again, getting wrapped up in that, Mm -hmm. you know, in the tumultuous of the trials at that point. Yeah. So she's sitting in jail for about three and a half months before her trial, um, and her trial was held the week of September 17th. There was a call for witnesses, which is typical in these proceedings. Um, Right before the trial began, the magistrates would put out a call, and people that had any knowledge of her supposed witchery would come forward and give formal testimony. And on that call for witnesses... There's 15 people there that they are summoning to appear at this trial and testify against her. But like half of them aren't even there. That we know of. I, you know, that's another thing too. We don't have, like, how, how do we know that? Um, well, not everyone shows up, I no, believe. Well, no. So I read, I read something online that was like, it, it was just like a general history of her. And it made reference to this that like, you know, there was this, there was a bunch of witnesses that supposedly had information, but only three of them showed up. Okay. But like the three, the things that we have, the documents that actually remain, they're not from her trial. We all know that the trial was. Yeah, they're all from depositions and pre-trial. And, right. Yeah. So uh, my guess is that like we don't know for sure if those people didn't show up or not. There's a chance that like those documents don't exist. That's also fair. But who knows, you know? I'm, I'm sure not all of them showed, but because it would have taken you know a lot of time and effort to get to the the courthouse for that trial date, and maybe some people didn't want to be involved. But we do have some testimony. We do have some written record. Any any you want to talk about in particular? I think they're all generally kind of interesting. Yeah. So aside from the girls, her other one of her other main accusers was a woman named Charity Pittman. Yep. So she testified that she's 29. That five years prior, 
an acquaintance of hers, a Mrs. Sims, had visited Marblehead and had some of her linens stolen. And she blamed the theft on Martha Lawrence, who at the time was living in the Reds' household as their servant. And when I say servant, I actually do mean servant, um, not enslaved person, yes. which I know some places uh, in places uh, don't do that. Sims confronted Wilmot Red and threatened to go to the authorities. She's like, where are my linens? I think your, your servant stole them. And supposedly, as a response, Wilmot cursed her. Ugh. Cursed her with what? Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> what it is with these people and their <laughs> bowel issues. Um, uh, you just curse them with distemper, which is, I think, the, the medical term. Um, and what they what they refer to it in here as, as well. Yeah, yeah. Or the, the, the dry bellyache is what she actually... So the thing is that the, the individual did come down with distemper or a dry bellyache afterwards, it would seem. So I have to t I have to say I learned some new words from this <laughs> episode. Um, minger, M mingry. I'm Ming not sure. Minger. M I N G E R E. Which, in their world, meant urinate, yep. and then kakar. That sounds great. <laughs> minger and kakar. That's like. <laughs> and that means to defecate. So in the documents, it says, uh, upon which the said red told her in my hearing, which I think they mean in my ear, that she wished she might never minger or minger. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Nor kakar. Hold on. Mingery. Mingery. <laughs> is that I, what it is? It's, I, I hit the, the, the Google Mingery? Uh It says verb uh, translate to urinate. Yeah, we did it's, it. Oh, it's an Italian base word. Ah. Borrowed from Latin, mingery. So, obviously, they want to keep this clean. Oh, to make water. This is how they censored. They censored with Latin. <laughs> uh, mingo, min minigus, min mingery, to make water or Did urinate. you look up kakar? No, hold on. Let me... Let me was it, how do you spell it? C C A C A R E. Wait, it's giving me cadre. <laughs> no, search instead for. <laughs> so the again, it's Italian in or Latin based. I don't see a pronunciation uh, English translation. I don't see a It's not coming with the auto pronunciation. When I typed in pronunciation, it says. Well, we're gonna go car. Do you mean cadre? No, I don't. Can you can you just uh, pronounce it for me, Internet? I think we should give up. Where's my uh? Wh where's Siri when you need it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we're just gonna go with Kakare or something. Kakar. Sure, <laughs> love it. But yeah, literally in the documents, it talks about how this woman, upon having this interaction with Wilmot, could not urinate or defecate. Yeah, she was all backed up, and it was Wilmot Red's fault. And uh, so continued for many months during her stay in the town and was not cured while she tarried in the country. Tarried? Toured? No, uh, stayed in. Oh. Like, cool? You have an 
again, it's just one of those simple things where they blame it on a witch. Yeah. Like it, it just, it is. Yeah. There's, there's no logic. There's no, it's just their, their version of reasoning. And again, also remember she thinks that her linens were stolen. So she's looking for a little bit of revenge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's just one. There's there's a few here, and, and they get uh, a little weird. They, we got more stickings, chokings, uh, evil eye kind of stuff. Elizabeth Hubbard says she saw the specter of a woman that would tell me her name was Red, and she did most grievously afflict and torment me during the time of the examination. She looked upon me. She would strike me down or almost choke me. <laughs> Jeffrey, don't laugh. <laughs> I, she would. T- I know. I'm so- Almost choke me. Um, also, on the day of her examination, I saw Wilmot Red, or her appearance most dreadfully afflict and torment Mary Walcott and Abigail Williams and Anne Putnam. I believe that Wilmot Red is a witch, and that she hath often afflicted me. And the aforesaid persons by and the aforesaid acts. persons by acts of witchcraft. Sure. Thanks, Lizzie. But I do appreciate uh, Wilmot's red, the Wilmot Red's sort of response to all of it. Yeah. Oh, you read my mind again. Because <laughs> okay. I, I was hoping that we would be able to kind of circle back to that. Yeah. Because obviously we don't have her words during the trials themselves. Right. Um, we don't have her response to these depositions, but we do have some of her words from her examination as brief as it was when they ask her, you know, what is tormenting these girls? If it's not you, what is it? What does she say? She says, I cannot tell. My opinion is they're in a sad condition. They are in a sad condition. Uh, and yeah. very, very honest, just like, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, I love the way that it's, regardless of, I think what she's saying is not, exactly what I am reading. Mm-hmm. I think I understand when I'm reading it, I look at it and go, they're just in a sad condition. Like these girls are just looking for attention. They're just having fits. I don't know what's going on, but they, they're, they're problematic. Oh yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that's what she, meant. no, but, <laughs> that's what Jeffrey would do in the court. <laughs> but when you see it, my opinion is they're in a sad condition. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think she's like, actually like, but at that point, you might be right, though. At that point, she may be one of those people that's like, yeah, this is all a bunch of BS. Like, this can't be real. Right. We know that they're faking it. And maybe there was a little tone of sarcasm behind it. Who knows? Yeah. But. Ultimately. She is found guilty. And she is sentenced to die alongside seven others on September 22nd, 1692. And this is the last round of executions and the largest. It is after this that everything stops. Or slows. Yeah. Well. But she uh, she is hanged on September 22nd, as Reverend Noyce calls them. Eight firebrands of hell. How sad it is to see eight firebrands of hell hanging there. Which is weird. The fact that that's just sitting rent-free in my head is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> Thanks, Reverend. <laughs> yeah. His words forever burned into our brains. <laughs> so many people. Good, oh. Which is good. Yes, to, it's history. Yeah. We have yeah. to share it with people. 
but yeah, I, I think I can imagine that being one of the most dramatic execution days out of all of them. I mean, all of them are sad in their own ways. Obviously the one with George Burroughs, the Lord's prayer, Cotton Mather being there, John Proctor being up there Uh would have been intense, but this is the largest. And I think at this point people have probably hit their breaking point and everything is just maxed out. I mean, this, this community has to be exhausted. And, and also, and I, I've mentioned this, uh, I don't mention it much anymore on tour, uh, but we're coming up into the season. I mean, for us, it's the you know Halloween season. For mm-hmm. them, it's the harvest season. There's other things that need their attention. Yeah, it's one thing to do this in the middle of June. You know, it's a very different thing to do this in the middle of September and, and October. And while the fervor might still be there, like y- they have to care less about these so-called witches and more about... Firewood and harvest. Survival. Yeah. One other thing to note about that execution day, um, the cart gets stuck. Oh, yes, the cart. Get on the way to Proctor's Ledge. Which is, I don't know. Poetic. Right. (laughs) And apparently the girls, upon seeing this, they say, oh, it's the devil. It's the devil trying to stop you from executing the witches. So just further playing into their narrative yeah maybe there was rain maybe it was money yeah and there's also eight people on that cart like instead of five yeah you're adding an extra 400 pounds yep yeah okay there we go (laughs) crack the code great scott (laughs) witchcraft (laughs) oh my good god i forgot about the cart what a day so again we mentioned that if you do want to go pay tribute to amat um obviously we we can't say that she's buried there, but yeah. she does have a marker, a memorial yep. uh, located right next to Red's Pond. You can find that at Old Burial Hill Cemetery in Marblehead. So if you're going over for funsies to take in your hocus pocus scene. Because uh, remember, over. the bullies with yep. Max yep. was shot there. Go over and uh, take in some history as well. we'll talk about her uh, exoneration. So I don't know if we... Have we came across one of these situations yet with any of the people we've covered bridget bishop oh yes bridget bishop y- yeah, yeah. The f- i think she was the first yeah, one we so covered that's right like a year and a half ago yeah it's been a while yeah uh unfortunately no one ever comes forward to claim any type of reparations for her mm-hmm. or to have her name cleared mm-hmm. so obviously we have that 1711 date uh where a bunch of people are are sort of exonerated uh, and there's some other sporadic ones in between. Uh, but there was a big push for sort of some of these last ones, especially since it included uh, some of the actual victims, uh, some of those executed and not just people who were accused. Right. Because uh, it's not it's not just people that were executed that we've been trying to clear the names of. It's, yeah. it's also the people that were found guilty that may not have been executed. Right. But... This execution date is a little weird. But one thing that always gets me about this one is that the memorial was already built. Oh, exoneration date, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. You said, you said execution date. Oh, so I was God. like, did we go back all the way? The exoneration date, you mean? Yeah. The memorial was already built. And not built like 200 years ago. Built like eight years before. So she is not 
officially exonerated in the public record until 2001 Yeah, by the Massachusetts State Legislature. Yeah, Acting Governor Jane Swift comes out on October 31st. Which also, I'm... I'm I, 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 I... Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the not, biggest no, fan I'm of not that either. idea. Yeah. It just didn't... It just... It doesn't... It doesn't equate for me. Like, I get why, but I don't think it was a... A well-informed decision. No, no. Maybe well-intentioned. Yes. But not well-informed. And I don't think it carried the meaning that it should have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, we build a memorial. In 1992. And we somehow just didn't. But what if it was one of those situations where, like Elizabeth Johnson Jr., that woman that was just exonerated last year officially, what if these people, again, just fell through the cracks and people... It took Susanna Martin, Bridget Bishop, Alice Parker, Margaret Scott, and Wilmot Red. What if they got left out and people Bridget didn't Bishop? re-examine it I until... Uh, I mean... Who knows? Really, though. But historians, like, they're not. Yeah. I don't think they're concerned with, like, modern. Well, I don't know. Like, don't if, know. if the memorial had been built in, like, th- the 1890s or something. But it was it was in the 90s. It was recent. Like, it was not. I wonder if there was discussions that were had, like, while it was going on. If they were even aware. Oh, they like, were aware. There's but like no you would way. think that there would have been some kind of thing done for it if they were. I feel like that's a very if high school kids can do it, why didn't they do it? I don't really understand. Neither do I. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I I don't believe they didn't know. There there is no way the people involved, the historians involved, it, Arthur Miller was there, uh Eli Wiesel, the Holocaust survivor. I don't think that they would have intentionally decided, yeah, we're just not gonna bother with this. You, you have to at least I don't know. It's it's weird to me. Because we did also have another round of exonerations back in the 50s. Right. So, like, why do we see these pockets? You know, we could answer that question. We could do an episode on the exoneration and, like, the, the multiple exonerations and the public response to them and the public fervor leading up to it and why this, this even became a thing in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Shoot. Okay. If, if I want to answer my own question. We'll, we'll have this discussion in professionally. The future. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be arguing about it, but we'll be more informed. Yes. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. But that, that was October 31st, 2001. Got anything else? I got one little fun tidbit. Because oh, okay. I feel like there's always a fun little tidbit sure. to add to all these things. Did you know that there's a Marblehead band named after her? The, like... What? It's literally called Wilmot Red. Oh. That's the band name. Oh, 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 like, like a... Like, like a band, like a rock oh, band. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like a... I don't know what I thought. Like a... <laughs> like, Any like, other... Like playing at a bandstand, like in Marblehead. Oh, oh, like a bandstand or something like... Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no. She, like a band, that uh, indie band. Her or, her and the... um, or That band and the... uh. Oh my gosh, I was thinking about them too when I when I came across this. <laughs> the, crown the crown and, and shield shields. elephant. Yeah. Um, oh, what were the those people's names? Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Crown, crown and, and Shield. shield. <laughs> Cheers elephant. 
It's a, the band is called Cheers, Cheers Elephant. Elephant. Yeah. Captain Crown and Shield, lying in a lily, lily field. field. Little field. May I buy an elephant for you? <laughs> Go back and listen to the elephant episode. That was so good. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, they were um, founded in a garage behind the Three Cod Tavern in Marblehead, Massachusetts. Okay. And so I was, like, super curious as to why they chose the name Wilmot Red. And thankfully, there was a art, an article about the band. They formed in 2020? No, 2021. The name... So I guess they used to all hang out at Red's Pond. James, I think one of the the main founders of the band, he said he was admittedly a bit obsessed with Wilmot Red because because she's I don't think we mentioned this. She's the only person from Marblehead accused. Yes. So she is kind of like their their person. Yeah. Right. Everyone knows who she is. So for him, as a child growing up, you hear all these tales about the Witch of Marblehead, Wilmot Red. Their original band was named 20%, but it just never felt right, he said. So they decided to change it to Wilmot Red. He said in the article, quote, she was accused of bewitching young girls, but was likely singled out largely because she was odd and grumpy and people didn't like her. We changed it because Wilmot went against the grain and was well ahead of her time in which we thought was very rock and roll of her. Fair enough. So rock on, Wilmot. (laughs) There you go. And the music isn't bad. I I got to listen to some of it as I was doing the research. Okay. I'll have to check that out. So check out the Wilmot Red Band. I'll link them in the show notes. Love that. I, uh, and that's it. Another job well done, Jeffrey. I think we're going to stick with this late night recording. Yeah, yeah. Have to get ourselves some of that new uh, Far From the Tree cider, though. Ah, yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They, You can get it in the growlers. They just released Hocus Pocus-themed ciders at Far From the Tree. Yeah. All the cans are sold out, but they're still available on tap. So you can get it uh, there or to go. And they will be coming out with more cans in a couple weeks. And you will definitely see us there. Absolutely. Yeah, we missed on Saturday. Also, they sold out of six weeks supply in two hours, so fucking good for them. But that means some of us missed out. <laughs> we'll get it eventually. Oh, absolutely. But with that, thanks for listening. See you later. <laughs>